Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick, I'm the host of this podcast, and you're in for a treat. Why? Because this is a weekly radio show on WPRK featuring makers, artists, and professionals who are doing something neat. If you like what you hear, consider subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher, and visit toacertaindegree.com for information on the more than 100 guests who have appeared on this show. More than 100 is a good way to describe them. They are awesome, just like the guest on this episode, and you're pretty awesome for listening, so thank you. You're more than 100 as well. I mean, as far as a score, I guess that's a scale. I'm not... And now on with the show. Jack Stauber on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is a show I do every week. Every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Scott White, tattoo artist, all-around good guy, artist in general. Scott White is here. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. Rise Above Tattoos is the place where we can find out more about you. Yes. And where we can find you in general. You can find me multiple days of the week. Okay, good. Good to know. Yes. And that's over on uh, in the Mills District, Mills 50. Mills. Correct. <clears throat> Right, right next to the world-famous Wally's. Very nice. Scott, so I got to see uh, your exhibition down at the Redefined Gallery downtown uh, mm-hmm. this week. You just opened. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, and you were suggested by a former guest, uh, Jose Hanau of the Hanau Contemporary Center. But other than having lunch with you and talking to you at the gallery opening and chatting with you this morning, well, actually, I know you pretty well now. But just to get to know you a little bit better, we're going to play a game. Sure. And so this is a game we play uh, just about every show. It's called Something Different every episode because I like to confuse people. Okay. It's kind of my jam. <laughs> uh, so in this case, we're going to call it Drawn or Quartered. All right. Drawn if you're for something, quartered if you're against it. Now, Drawn because you like to draw. I do. That is, I think, how you got your start. You were, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> uh, trapped indoors quite a bit as a kid. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so drawing was uh, an yeah, outlet I've, for you. Yeah, I've been drawing since before I could walk, probably. <laughs> Very nice. And so, drawing is important. So, drawn if you're for something. Quartered generally means uh, sharing, like mm-hmm. you're cutting something up into quarters so you can share it. Nobody likes sharing. No. <laughs> no. And uh, you know, it's not good for you. It's not good for you mentally or physically. So, quartering <laughs> okay. is bad. Drawing so, good. Sharing bad. Well, quartered. Yeah, Let's just yeah. call it in general. We'll in case some it. kids are listening, we don't want to say sharing bad. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's start with uh, this one. Voicemail. Drawn or quartered? Quartered. You don't care for it? I didn't never check it. I mean. So if somebody calls, you're just going to see who called you and then yeah, call them back. I don't answer the phone hardly. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I don't need voicemail. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, Thanksgiving, drawn or quartered? Thanksgiving. Um, this is a that's a tough one. You are, got are some we mixed getting, feelings. Yeah. yeah. Are we getting into you know the uh, moral aspects of what Thanksgiving is, or just no? The day let's with talk the about day with the family. Oh, let's great. go with that. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're drawn on sure. that. That's a good point. That may be a loaded <laughs> question that I may not want to ask. Uh, too many people. Okay. Yeah, I'll ruin the show. Zom- 
Zombies. Let's go with a nice, zombies. safe topic like zombies. Um, I'll, I'll say drawn. I, I enjoy enjoy the zombies as a as a storytelling device. Like, is there any particular show or book or anything that you like? Mm, well, I mean, at the moment, I think zombies are out for me. Oh, okay, but I still like zombies. You still like, like yeah, zombies. classic the classic zombie films. Um, I Nothing was actually just dead. telling my daughter how good Shaun of the Dead. Oh yeah, you know, in um, just the re- the revamp stuff that came out, how it kind of brought some new life into the zombie genre. Yep, that kind of faded out. Uh, as far as like the TV shows, I don't know. I, I I watch it, the the Walking Dead show. Yeah, I still watch it. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's so bad. But I feel like I've, so inve- I've invested it. so much time into right. watching this that I have to finish it. You're hate watching it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's complete obligation. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's that's very healthy. Um, how about driverless cars? Drawn or quartered? Quartered. No, you don't care for them. No, I don't need that. I don't think the world needs things like that. Is it just because of the lack of control? Like, what is it about? I think it people need things to do. I think... What, why, what's so hard about driving a car? Like, I, I just don't understand it personally. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All, all I can think of is that turns into, uh, you know, truck drivers have no jobs anymore. Right. Cabbies have no jobs anymore. Things like that. So I, I don't need it. Okay. Fair and enough. we all know how, like, the ro- robot revolution ends. So... No, how does it end? Yeah, we all die. Positively? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Gotcha. If they become self-aware, we die. <laughs> there it is. We're a slave planet. Yeah, the whole I'm thing. I'm so looking forward to that. Good morning. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? How about sandwiches? Drawn or quartered? Oh, drawn for sure, yeah. What's your favorite sandwich? Tacos. <laughs> I I don't know if that's a sandwich. Yeah, well, um, no, I like, I, uh, yeah, I'm saying Sandwiches all the way. Any particular one? Like, what's your favorite to make for yourself? I don't have a favorite. No, you don't. No, no I, think I mean, it, no sandwiches sandwich are listening. Ba- You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. A sandwich is based on mood. Okay. So, like, how am I feeling today? Right, Do I, I like want to keep it simple? Do I want to go with a, you know, an apple and sweet onion? I don't know. We'll see when I get there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so they're teaching this again to kids, and so I would imagine as a tattoo artist, you do a lot of, uh, or you might come across some scripty stuff. Yes, like how do you absolutely. feel about cursive? Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I don't know if it's a necessity. You yeah. know, like over the course of civilization so far, do people have to know cursive? Probably not. Um, but I, I, I like it. I think it's mm-hmm. important. Um, and it looks nice. You know, it's just another skill. It's another thing to know how to do. Do you think in a way it's an entry point into drawing or it helps yeah, enhance your drawing skills? Definitely. My, my daughter's in fourth grade and she, um, she was learning cursive last year. And from that, she just gets on Instagram and looks up calligraphy stuff now constantly. She'll sit there oh, for nice. hours yeah. just watching calligraphy videos. So. Uh, definitely. And I was the same as a kid, you know, um, sign painting and things like that were that, that was definitely something I noticed early on because it was so common then. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely drawn. 
or cursive. You're you're drawn towards it. I'm drawn, and drawn towards for cursive, it. and I've I've done thousands and thousands of cursive letters. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, let's go back to uh, technology for a second. How do you feel about those rentable scooters? Have you seen those as opposed yes, to the bikes? Yes, the first the- day I saw them downtown, I saw a lady totally handlebar somebody in the side and wipe out. Oh, really? Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do I think it's a good idea to some... <laughs> To a certain degree, oh, I do that. That's a quarter I, you owe me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it's good. I mean, any type of public transportation, and you know, in whatever way you want to look at it, I think is cool. Like, yeah, um, is downtown Orlando the best place to put motorized anything? Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of jousting with them, though. Like, if you oh, want to yeah, go full it's, protecting, it's going to get wild. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So it seems like something late night we could do is just go rent a bunch of those. I think so. I think it'd be a good time. And then essentially a scooter could, game. We could critical mass the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like we could that. do some tricks. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that. Okay. One. I, like I like that. Yeah. How do you feel? And and this will be interesting. I mean, you are you have you have a few tattoos. I do. How do you feel about the beach? I don't like the beach. You don't. Like well, the no. Beach. The, I like the beach. I don't like the water. Okay. I, I went almost 20 years without getting in the ocean. And um, and then what happened? Did you get in the ocean? I have a child, so <laughs> you had she, to chase she her in. begged yeah. me to go to the go in the ocean with her, so I did. And I stood out there with my father-in-law. It was kind of like a King of the Hill episode where we just stood there and yep. watched her. And yep. yep. <laughs> um, he's in the ocean all the time. They live over there, but I've never been, I, I've never found joy in like swimming or, you know, I tried my hand at surfing as yeah. a kid, didn't, wasn't into it. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there that I think wants to eat me. I look like a big wounded turtle from underneath, I would imagine. As we all do sometimes, yeah. yeah. You know, colossal squid, you don't know. You don't know what's under there. You don't know what their eyesight is, no. right? Like you could look like a colossal yeah. squid because they have terrible I mean, vision. I kind of look like a turtle now, yeah. not in the ocean, so... <laughs> So is that any kind of swimming or is that just yeah, ocean I'm, I swimming? I am not into swimming at all. Not no, never swimming. have been. Even as a little kid, yeah. wasn't into it. We had a pool, never went in it. Just wasn't, <laughs> it didn't interest me. Yeah, people find that strange. And it, most people think I just don't know how to swim and I do know how to swim. I just don't find any joy in it. You can, yeah, you can know how to do something and then choose not to do it. Yeah, that's the beach. That's totally fine. I right? like sitting there. It's nice, feels good. Um, you like I, the noise. I also the, have really terrible allergies. Yeah. So typically when I go to the beach, I feel awful. So it, Got it. You know. Well, let me ask you about this. Uh, tiny houses, sort of the tiny house movement in general. How do you feel about that? Um, drawn yeah. or quartered? I think, um, I'll, I'll say drawn. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I have too many records, um, too many books, but I think it's, there's something to be said for living, uh, you know, in a minimalistic environment like yeah. that. I think there's, I think there's something natural about it. Uh, I don't think I need all of the stuff I have. Um, so I don't know. I like it. I like the idea of um, like tiny house communities. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, courtyard with half a dozen houses 
Yeah, yeah. Like some sort of communal yeah. area. Yeah, and, I like that. Yeah. Sure. But you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it right now, you know, but I, I, I think I could maybe do it. I lived in a, a van on tour for I don't know how many years with half a dozen other people. Yeah, yeah so uh, it's not always comfortable, but I think if I had enough space to get out, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you know, just somewhere to go roam. I, I don't know. I don't think I could do it in Florida just because of the weather here. But um, yeah, I think it's, I like it drawn. All right. And let's leave it with one last question. How do you feel about cobbler, the dessert, not cobbler. the person who fixes shoes? I, well, I do like both. Okay, good. <laughs> I, did, I have used you know, a cobbler for my, my shoes. Um, yeah, apple cobbler is good. I, it's, I like it. <laughs> What's your favorite dessert? My favorite dessert would probably be maybe pie, like key lime pie or something like that. All right. Banana cream pie, something. like a real key lime. Yeah, like grandma, yeah. grandma Betty makes key lime pie or lemon meringue pie, something. Like that. All right, that sounds pretty good. We may have to. I forgot to eat breakfast, so we may have to go get some uh, pie during yeah. this next song. Well, let's listen to a song. Thank you very much, Scott. Uh, Scott, where can people uh, find you? Um, people can typically find me at Rise Above. Um, I'm there. Mm-hmm few days a week and then online online you can find me on instagram uh scott white art and i have a, a second instagram large teeth that's just my paintings non not tattoo related art whatsoever um i'm on facebook that's about all i do at this point that's good yeah that's good i'm surprised large teeth wasn't taken it took great, it, you yeah. know we went through a long list of of word <laughs> combos and you know, that was the one that wasn't available, that, that was available. That was available. It's yeah. very memorable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I like it. It worked. <laughs> All right, well, let's listen to Grimes. This is Oblivion on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This episode is brought to you by Sikkim. Tis the season for a lot of ill, snotty people. And when they show up for work, we all feel bad for them. But we also want them to get away from us as quickly as possible. That's where Sikkim and our proprietary quarantine facility comes in. Heard someone cough? Call us. Did someone say bless you? Bless us, because now you won't catch that cold. Within 30 minutes or less, our specially outfitted Airstream trailer will be at your office, so you don't have to be Nero, patient zero. Your ill coworker goes in, and they don't come out until they are well. The Sikkim vehicle has multiple types of chicken soup, including vegan and gluten-free options. It has oxygen. We did test this out. And this version does have a way for them to breathe. And most importantly, there's Wi-Fi. So they can keep working. And they have to keep working. Sikkim. It's not an RV. It's an RVV. A recreational virus vehicle. Grimes with Oblivion on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. If you're hearing any background noise, that's a very noisy chair. (laughs) That's what that is. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here every week from 7 to 9 on Mondays, bringing you the best in music and the best in humans as far as i know i mean i believe most of my guests have been human uh you never can tell these days and i have a very uh interesting human here today scott white hello Hello, scott thanks for being here thank you for for getting up early getting over here um i'm gonna go ahead and thank you in advance for some of the stuff i'm gonna subject you to in the second (laughs) hour uh which will be of course bad business ideas we've got a really special pop quiz 
So I expect you to know all the answers to those questions. Yeah, I will. Okay. Yeah. Good. You'll, you'll be Good. surprised <laughs> the things that come out, come out of my mouth. Uh, okay. Well, it's still FCC regulated. So <laughs> oh. just be careful of that. Uh, Skyway is here. Um, tattoo artist, uh, owner of Rise Above. Co-owner. Yeah. Co-owner. Yes. Thank you for that. So yep. I'm going to take you back to uh, the year was 1991. Mm-hmm. I just graduated high school and I decided I wanted to, in my own passive aggressive way, never rebelled against my parents, never really did anything. So I decided to get a tattoo and it's Ormond beach, Daytona beach back in the day, uh, some tattoo parlors there, you yeah, know, there, were, for its there were some good ones out yeah. there back then. Um, and I walk in and I'm super nervous and, uh, I basically say, you know, he asked me what I wanted and I say fishbone. I think that was just the first thing that came to my mind. Not the band, but just like the idea of the fishbone. I had okay. some issues with the church and I was thinking, you know, the, the Christ fish, uh-huh. uh, you know, just being kind of symbolic of taking it down to its roots or something like that. I had this, I was 18 years old. Right. Yeah. You know, 27 years ago, you're looking back going, that's not, no, <laughs> you shouldn't be thinking at all. So he showed me a design he happened to have and I got it not realizing that it was actually the band logo. So I've got it oh, on the my, fishbone. Yeah. 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 The so circle with the fishbone on my ankle. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Never listened to the band. I don't know that I've actually heard them since wow. I got this tattoo. What I wanted to ask about was when somebody comes to you and they're looking for something, how do you collab? Cause you know, usually you're, th- I guess maybe sometimes people are thinking, yeah, you go in, you say, oh, that one looks good up on the wall. Mm-hmm. I want that one. How do you typically collaborate with somebody? Well, it's different now than it was back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't, now we basically draw everything for that specific client. So you're doing everything as custom. Most everything. Yeah. Unless it's something that they bring in and they say, I want this as is. Right. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, you know, as we, we used to just have thousands of designs hanging on the walls, and now we just have paintings hanging on the walls. And pe- it, people bring these images in on their phone thinking that they're being original, when in, uh, essentially it's the same exact thing as walking in and picking something off the wall. You're just sure. picking it off Google image, page one. Um, well, you know, whatever the most popular thing is. is and it was the same back then. We had a, we had a good sheet with roses on it, that was the first sheet we would put up so you could see it, you know, and, um, now, now it is a little bit different. We do, you know, it's, uh, people are more aware. Customers are more aware of how they think the process should go just from television shows and mm-hmm. everything being so easy to find. Um, we're lucky in the aspect that I think most people come into our studio with an idea a pretty well established idea, you know, so it, it's more of them pitching us an idea and then us telling them what will work and what won't work, uh, for the longevity of the tattoo. And, um, you know, we, we, we mainly work by appointment. So we do have time to kind of go back and forth with customers over the course of a month or two. So you're, you're dealing with the, you want to set realistic expectations of what's going to happen a year from now, two sure. years from now, those sorts sure. of things. Yeah. I've tattooed in, in Orlando for 
uh, going on 23 years. So I still see tattoos I did year one, year five, mm-hmm. year eight. Um, you know, and you get to see how things hold up in the Florida sun. Um, Brutal. You know, just, yeah. yeah, just in general, um, people have more exposed skin here than elsewhere. So I've been able to definitely see how things hold up over the years. And I can, I used to keep a log of everything that I was using as far as like pigments and sure. Um, I don't so much do that now because I, I, I've narrowed down what I use. Um, but yeah, that way it would be easy to go back and be like, Oh, well, this tattoo looks light or, you know, the lines are whatever starting um, to fade. a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately you want to put something on that's going to look good for as long as it yeah. can. Um, but occasionally you need some touch up and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, everyone's body is different, so you never know how a tattoo is going to react. It's, um, all, all you can do is kind of figure out how you can do it, you know, get, uh, the best route of what I'm doing and, you know, make that work. Um, when you say bodies are very different, like mine's very spiteful. I have yeah. a very spiteful body. So I would imagine the tattoo will last Yeah, a little charcoal heart yeah. in there. Yeah. 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 As opposed <laughs> to people who are generally happy where sure. the tattoo might stay colorful, yeah. for example. It's true. That would be interesting if that was like, <laughs> it depended on your mood, right? Like <laughs> yeah. if you're really mean, then the color fades. It just turns all, just all, it just, yeah. All black. Yeah. It turns into a nightmare before Christmas tattoo. <laughs> Regardless I of I what you I can really get. tell who you are. Just look at your tattoos. <laughs> huh. You seem awful. I'm going to yeah. go this way now. Yeah. Oh, you seem nice. Your tattoos are nice and bright <laughs> and happy. If only, if only it was that easy. I like that. So tell me, you were drawing um, from a young age. Mm-hmm. I think you you mentioned allergies when we were talking about the beach and stuff. And I think you had some uh, allergies when you were a kid. That's why you oh, when I was moved a kid, I was just Florida, sick. Right? I mean, I was sick all the time until yeah. a few years ago. That was just part of every year I would get bronchitis or pneumonia. Like it was just constant my yeah. whole life. And that's why one of the reasons why we ended up here was um we were living outside cleveland it was just cold and i was sick all the time i was a kid like i'd miss the first week of school i'd go in with a bag of medicine i was just that kid and uh, every year i missed you know three four weeks of school wow um i was just always sick were you smoking that young was that the problem no but everyone around me was i I genuinely i can i have a very vivid memory of being in a laundry basket while my grandmother was folding clothes just smoking a cigarette in my face i'm not saying that that's what happened right it probably didn't help help. yeah Yeah. Um, it didn't help if you're already kind of uh in the sickly zone yeah i just i have i think i just have little rotten baby bird lungs yeah (laughs) they're just Filled with nothingness and misery. Stupid lungs. <laughs> We're not going to tattoo those because those no. would go all black immediately. Yeah. But yeah, it was sick a lot. So we ended up here. Uh, we moved down here to, it was either here or I think Nevada or Arizona. Was right, right. One right. Of the Dry other. and yeah. hot and arid. But we, we ended up coming down here and uh, we had some family here. So we moved down here landed out by Palaka initially and that was terrible so we moved to Deland after about a year or so oh nice yeah Deland's nice yeah uh let me ask you is 
now that you do your art, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. you have some stuff up at the, some amazing stuff up at the Thank Redefined you. Gallery. So if people want to go see that, that's going to be, what, for the next month or so? That is actually coming down the last day of this month. Okay. Um, City Arts is moving out of that building. Right, they're moving uh, yeah. over to the Typically, Apple all one. of that stuff stays up for about a month. Okay. And the third Thursdays, they rotate everything. Um, this show got cut short because they're moving out of that building. Got it. Uh, so it'll it'll be there. <clears throat> I think they have to be out on the first, or they're moving out on the first. So it'll be up until then. So is the more traditional art your creative outlet, or is that a little bit more of a project and tattoo artistry is your creative outlet. Like, like what is, uh, it, it's funny. That's a thing. When, when you start doing something that you love as a job, yeah. Um, it becomes it, it. Tattooing is my first love. Like it always, it, that is something I connected with at a young age and it was something I was interested in. And then when I got the opportunity and I was kind of allowed to start doing it, it, it was, honestly the best thing that could have happened to me um so that that's always always going to be what i love to do that's kind of who Mm. when i think about who i am you know i am a tattooer i am that i am that scott white the other stuff i think i started doing i mean i've always painted and i've always drawn but i never put a lot of time into it because all of my time was in tattooing i used to work I was also kind of a workaholic most of my life too. And, um, you know, to where it kind of became like a selfish addiction, you know, to where like how many tattoos can I do this week? Like, what can I draw? It it just turns into that. And I I think a lot of tattooers will relate to that. Um, But the other stuff did kind of turn into, it, it was my outlet, Because with tattooing, you do have, regardless of the style of tattooing, you have to be refined and you you have to um, be precise with it Mm -hmm. and um, as efficient as you can be um, and and still put out a good product. So a lot of my art is really just messy. It's just really incredibly messy, which is kind of turned into my outlet. You know, it was kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing where... I'd get home from work and, uh, you know, I just wanted to make a mess. Like I wanted to get out of that, like uh, everything heavy that line. Precision. Working. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would just, uh, I would just make a mess and it, it got to be really, uh, therapeutic for me. And over the last few years, um, well, Initially, when I started painting a lot, it was in the early 2000s. I was living by myself, and I, I didn't get home from work until 2 or 3 a.m., and then I would just stay up painting until, like, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, just slamming coffee and, you know, just painting in my little apartment. Um, that, I think, was just because I was – I just had a lot of things in my head. Yeah. You know, and it um, – it was. Uh, it just felt good to get home from work and just like crank out stuff that wasn't a tattoo. The last few years since I've been tattooing less, uh, it, it's definitely kind of been. It. I'm not gonna say it's turning into a job because it's not turning into a job, but it is a little bit harder for me to just walk out into the garage and just knock out a bunch of paintings. 
Um, but I, and it was kind of part of the process, I guess. Well, let me ask you this because there were um, some themes for the show that's over at Redefine, right? So yeah. is that part of it? Whereas before it was whatever you wanted to do, like you said, you were making a mess as opposed to now where you're trying to uh, be thematic or be maybe more cognizant of what the symbols are or something that you're creating. I don't know if I set out to have a theme. I, that's typically something that I notice while I'm doing stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll step back from it. It's almost like an unconscious. Yeah, decision. I'll step back from it and, and look at it. And it's, it's pretty easy to decipher what's happening in your life when you step back and look at the things yeah. that you're making or the things that you're involving yourself in. Um, and that, I think that's where a lot of my themes come from. The thing at now that was a huge endeavor for me. I've never done anything on that level. Um, so that was a couple of years ago at the now <clears throat> was last February. Okay. Um, I, I was in there for a couple months in and out, just painting the walls and making things. And we we did an installation. Um, my buddy, Nikki Sorensen, uh, he's a, just an incredible builder. Like he, you would, you see his stuff everywhere you go in Orlando and you don't probably don't know who he is, but um, he helps me a lot. And he, he's always got great ideas and he's, He's just good at what he does. And uh, we went in, <clears throat> we built a little house, a little installation that was full of stuff from my, just my childhood, mostly things that I've kind of been carrying with me over the years. And that, that show was kind of a way for me to get rid of that stuff. Like to put a period at the end of that sentence, you know, things that I've been holding on to um, and, and just kind of get it out. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it, it worked, you know, after that show, I felt like I didn't need these things because now they had a different purpose. You know, to me, it was one thing and to somebody else that was there, it may, you know, everybody's going to read something into what, it, yeah, what you make. Um, so it was, it, it was great. And that's what I was hoping it would be, you know, somewhat uh, transformative for the things that I had in, in the installation. Um and then that that had a very specific theme from the start. The stuff that I have at Redefine now, that was kind of the, the theme of that kind of happened in the process. Mm -hmm. you know, I was painting a bunch of little faces and just things and, you know, stepping back, I painted probably, well, I painted about 35 of these things and looking at it, I was like, man, not one of these is happy. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? What is in the back uh, of my head? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know what's happening. It's just a matter of, you know, when you, when you see it on paper, it reads yeah. a little different. And uh, Well, you literally have these faces staring back at you. Yeah, yeah. they're very, uh, It's uh, it felt very judgmental standing in there. When I, I That was the first I'd seen them next to each other was in yeah. the gallery. Cause I don't have any wall space that's, you know, 20 plus feet in my garage. Right. So these little faces, uh, which people can go see at redefine or they can see on your, uh, Instagram yeah. um, feed. Yeah. It was, it was kind of interesting. It was, um, a little more intense than I thought it was going yeah. to be to look at. But then I thought the, the, then 
were the birds done? So the other kind of theme were these, I think, five or six mm-hmm. uh, bird pieces or, you know, bird theme pieces that you had, which to me kind of offset. Yeah. The absolutely. judgmental, the kind of absolutely faces. I, so was that were those done at the same time or yes. the, okay. those were done the those were the last pieces I did for the the, for the opening, show. Yeah. Um and how and did you I, I kind of go back and forth. Birds birds are something I always sketch. That's like when I sit down and mm-hmm. if I'm on the phone or whatever, that's one of the my go to I've always been fascinated with birds. And, always jealous of the power of flight. Yeah, they're weird little like robotic yeah. movements yep. and like it's super interesting. Will someday and, overtake you, birds? If you're listening, yeah, and I know you are. Uh, no, they birds are make, a big demographic for us on the show. Kind of make me happy. Oh, so I figured I would balance it out a little bit. Like, man, this stuff doesn't make me happy <laughs> <laughs> over here. So let me get some stuff that. Yeah, and I'm also trying to work out of my palette. Like the past every so many years, I, I'm trying to change the colors that I work in and. Yeah. This stuff has like last December I did I bought a bunch of like Easter egg colors and um, I'm trying to run so that pastels yeah I'm trying to run that out of my system to move on and see what my next palette is uh, because I I'm trying to keep it fresh for myself so I'm not using the same colors in every thing that I do. Uh, Right, and you don't want to have like a backlog of colors. That's interesting that you're not a hoarder when it comes to paints. No, I'm I I buy like junk paint basically. Yeah. I I use house paint. I don't use like artist paint. Very seldom do I actually buy artist paint. Uh, I just like the way house paint goes on. It's like super opaque and smooth uh, because I, a lot of the surfaces I paint on aren't. Right. I use a lot of junk wood and yeah. I use a lot of trash, just things that you know, things that may have concrete stuck to them or something. So um, using house paints, I, I just like the, the how it covers, you know, the that I don't have to hit it 10 times or I don't have that transparency necessarily. Because I, I tend to show a lot of background in, in my work. Like mm-hmm. I like seeing wood grain. I like seeing whatever. Texture and... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... If I can make the image as opaque and intense as I can, that's kind of what I go for. And it's almost like a maybe a less work <laughs> kind of a thing. I'm not really sure. Um, Sounds like more work on some level. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So well, let me ask you about as an artist, obviously, you're constantly inspired. You're never anxious about where your next idea is going to come from. <laughs> You'd like to think that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But okay, so th- again, I think there's uh, there's a lot of similarities between being a tattoo artist and uh, putting something, you know, painting something up on a wall. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm curious about is sort of that idea of inspiration and things of that nature. When you're working with somebody, you're being collaborative as a mm-hmm. tattoo artist. Does that help a little bit more? Like when you're trying to come up with something for them, you feel like, oh, I'm working with them. I can go back and forth. I can. Well, ultimately, you want to get to a point with yourself and whatever you're doing style wise to where people want that version Mm -hmm. of whatever their idea is. You know, that's success to me as a tattooer to where people can come to me and be like, I have this idea of whatever it may be, you know, a dog in a boat, you know, but I want it to look like you, your painting or your drawing. Your style, but this Um, is the... Yeah, and for, as a tattooer, that's kind of, 
that's what you want to spend your time doing. You know, you want to work on your skill to where uh, people are coming to you for that, for mm. the, you know, the Scott White version of whatever it is that they want. Um, as far as whether it makes it easier, I sometimes I think it makes it harder because tattooing still is somewhat of a retail business. Um, and at because it's more popular now I th- and people do feel like they know more about it, Sometimes that gets in the way of oh, having being, like a good of, relationship. Yeah, and, of being yeah. able to do what you know what they actually want, um, but they don't necessarily know. They have the idea, but they don't really know what they want. Yeah, and and they don't know what's actually possible with correct. Yeah, tattooing and yeah, the yeah. science of it. Yeah, they just know that they. Oh, I saw your thing on Instagram, and that was cool. You know, I follow yeah. you or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> it's, so, I, it, I okay. think it's also different with every person that walks through the door. Of course. Yeah. You know, the expectations so, are always different. Then take it back to painting where mm-hmm. you don't have, you're not really working with anybody. This is for you. This is again, yeah. your outlet. It's I'm way, sure. way harder for me. I, that's what I was yeah. going to ask. Yeah. So you don't have that person. You're yeah. I, I love, uh, well, I love the interaction aspect of tattooing. Yeah. I, I um, I like the back and forth. You know, I worked in a street shop for over a decade. Um, And I think that's where I definitely got, you know, I got the opportunity to figure out how to deal with people. And it was, I worked on an international drive for like 12 years and people from all over. Oh, wow. So it was, every day was kind of different as far as like, who you were dealing with, trying to decipher what they may be trying to tell me. <laughs> um, it, but it, it was really great because of the amount of people that came into the shop. Um, it I, it kind of gave me my chops, you know, like to figure out how to make it feel less of a retail job, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like the inspiration part i always work better when somebody has something to start with yeah when people come in they're like do whatever you want you would think that's like the dream you know like (laughs) i can do anything but then you start second guessing like you know i have free reign and is this the best thing that i can give them for myself right um so so take it back to the to the painting for a second like what do you do when you're stuck? Is it just it, having deadlines probably helps? Yeah, definitely for me. I, yeah. I work better under pressure for the most part. I think uh, my anxiety gets the best of me mm-hmm. otherwise. Like I, I ruined two pieces the day of my opening, you know, the, this opening on last Thursday because I, I couldn't stop going into the pieces. Oh, and just the editing? Yeah. yeah. And um, I've, it, a lot of times it works better for me to, to kind of wait, you know, until I may know about the show for three months, but if I have the three months to work on stuff, I tend to just go back and, you know, I, I, I can't cut myself off a lot, of, a lot of times. So can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the deadline definitely works best for me knowing that I have to have something finished by, you know, whatever day and time is always good. Um, and it, tends to keep my stuff 
more on the simplistic side, which is mm-hmm. what I would like. Um, I, I the last few years, even with tattooing, it's been uh, what can I cut out of what what in here doesn't need to be here, you know, like how can I make this like as bare bones as I can and still get the same impact of having, you know, the, all of this nonsense in this design. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with my paintings too. Uh, I think that's why I leave a lot uh, as far as like the tech textural aspects. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I leave a lot of space. Um, Cause for a long time and I put something everywhere and my wife would come out and be like, man, you don't need all of this stuff in here. <laughs> You know, my daughter too, you know, she'd come out and she's like, it's too busy. And it, it, it really, yeah. But, but it's good to have that. It's you know, nice because, to have it, but at the same time. Because it's not, I, if I don't have, if I don't have some, I, I always have to have a second set of eyes. Yeah. And that all day at the tattoo studio, that's how it goes. Will you look at this? Will you look at this? Will you look at this? You know, we're all, all of us are huddled around a stencil on someone's leg looking at it. So it's helpful for me. Um, As far as the inspiration, going back to that, I I don't know. Like I get in phases where I just paint the same thing over and over again, just different versions of it Mm -hmm. until I kind of run it, run it out of my system. And then I'm done with that. You know, I'll just kind of be over it. Nice. Yeah. It's lived its life and now it can go on and do whatever it's supposed to be. All right. Well, let's leave it at that for now. Why don't we listen to a song and we're going to hear from Ariel Pink. This is put your number in my phone. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. My very special guest, Scott White from rise above tattoos. Uh, You can follow him on Instagram, Scott white art and uh, at large teeth. So both of those, you can see uh, not only his tattoo work, but his art as well. Thank you so much for being here, Scott. Hey, thanks for having me. Stick around. I'm not going anywhere. No, I was talking to the audience. (laughs) You're going to have to kick me out of here. But you should stay too. Uh, Yeah, I'll stay. Okay, great. Ariel Pink on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. This episode is being brought to you by Sound Scrutiny. Think you know what someone meant when they put together your (laughs) mixtape? You're so wrong. Sound Scrutiny experts will listen to the music you've been given and provide you with an in-depth analysis of the deeper meanings in the songs, in between the songs, under the songs, and other prepositions. Sound Scrutiny. What does your music stand for? Upload your playlists at toacertaindegree.com. Ariel Pink on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Put Your Number in My Phone from the album Pom Pom, which is fun to say. Good morning, my name is Nick. That's not that fun to say, but my guest is fun, Scott White. Hi. Okay, great. <laughs> my segues need a Hello, lot of work. You're listening, you're listening to a certain degree. Every week I have a very special guest. Scott White is here. We're talking about uh, art. We're talking about inspiration. We're talking about you know a little bit of uh, his background. If you missed any of the show, it will be up. I have been uh, behind in producing episodes of the podcast but I will catch up uh, this week because there's nothing really going on this week. I'm looking around going, oh, you know, no holidays. <laughs> Kids are in school, so there's plenty of time to do stuff when they're in school. Perfect week to take yeah. on ec- a lot of activities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. As far as I can tell, nothing else is going on. Well, uh, we're almost at the end of the first hour. Wow. By the way. Yeah, I'm a pleasure to talk to. Yes, definitely. Um, so... 
Is there anything, let me ask you this, because I've been wanting to go back and, uh, you know, for the last 27 years since I got my first tattoo uh, and go back and get some more. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't know where to start in terms of like, what do I want to get? How do you work with somebody? Is there any advice you would offer for somebody in uh, that sort of situation? In my specific in your situation, situation, 27 years gone. I kind a of a lot has happened process. in tattooing in the last 27 <laughs> years. Um, I normally tell people just start online, like yeah. start looking at styles. Start, you know, I would imagine you may have some idea of image, mm-hmm. um, but how you want that image to look is, you know, the next stage. Um, from from that, you'll be able to kind of, you know, follow hashtags, whatever, you know, if. If you want a tattoo of a, what is it that you may want? Oh, can, yeah, it's should. mainly my cats. Some so cat tattoos. Life size, life size cat, cat portraits tattoos. of tattoos. Tattoos, yeah. yeah. We we do those on Saturdays. <laughs> Every Saturday, tattoo Saturday, Saturday. at Rise Above. Yeah. Get in here, write meow. Um, oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get some calls. But <laughs> gotta mostly figure out what you want that thing yeah. to look like you know like what if you want it to look like a traditional tattoo or a portrait just start looking for artists there's a, a million of them everywhere it's yeah. like a infestation at this point it's an epidemic <laughs> it's an epidemic yeah, yeah it's good that you describe your own industry that way yeah it, yeah. yeah partially we're taking guys we're taking over yeah um yeah it is kind of an epidemic Go to the city. They'll tell you. They'll yeah. tell you all about it. <laughs> um, so if I went like uh, music is obviously important to me. So singing something cat. in On a singing surfboard. cat uh, or some sort of mixtape of just cat music. Is there a lot of cat music? Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure. There's well, the cat singing Jingle Bells. There's Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens. Um, I had a guest a few weeks ago, Cat Ridgeway. Cat. She's great. There's got to be more. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, it's it's it, nothing is impossible. Okay. It's limitless. All your wildest dreams will come true. What about that first sort of consultation with a tattoo artist? Like, should you, you know, I feel obligated to say no matter what, like, oh, okay, because I'm talking to you, you're the person for me. Yeah, we, we are will, there times where you're like, we typically will tell you if we are not the person for you. Okay, good. A lot of people get upset over that. Yeah. Um, you really shouldn't. No, I mean, we're just trying to make sure you get the best product you can get, you know, the best tattoo that fits you. Yeah. And it's not a judgment on what you no, want. No, right? no. It's more of a, I don't know that I could do that style right. and this is your skin. Right. So, uh, yeah. And you, you know, you want to work. You should be able to do a little bit of everything, but ultimately you want to work in your strong points for the customers. You, mm-hmm. you know, you want those people to to get the best cat surfing, playing a guitar tattoo that they can get. I, um, how did you do that? Because as soon as you said that, I was like, that's the one. Yeah, for it's me. my, you know, my sales skills. It's hypnotizing. Just you're looking yeah. in my eyes and you're yeah. seeing into my soul, Scott. Yeah, I get it. Remarkable. I know where you're at. Remarkable. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we do that a lot. And sometimes we send people to to other places, you know, and they, they, most of the time they're, they get it. Most of the time they'll come back and they're like, thank you so much for that. I understand. 
And nine times out of 10, they'll come back and get something from us. Um, not all shops are going to do that. But, you know, we, we just want people to get a good tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't remember where we were question-wise. No, that was, that was a, that was Yeah, I mean, like, it, how do you if interact? it's something that we're not comfortable with or we think stylistically someone else is going to do better, yeah, then, you know. Okay. We'll, we'll say, yeah, go see uh, whoever, you know, and then, and a lot of us know each other. So yeah. Well, Hey, somebody's coming over for a surfing cat guitar. Surfing guitar. Tat. Man. Like <laughs> that was your mind exploding. I can't wait for that. I mean, <laughs> now just so you know, you're going to have to shave my chest. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause it is incredible. This is a, you bring up a very, very hit. good point here. What's that? Most of the time, people think that they're supposed to do that. They're supposed to prep their skin beforehand. Mm-hmm. And we're technically not supposed to tattoo you if you come in with a freshly shaven whatever. Um, because it leaves it leaves your skin open to whatever. Oh, like more infection yeah. and stuff um, like that? We're know. supposed to prep the area right before we do the tattoo. So, we're, you know, don't shave your chest before you come in for that tribal eagle you were looking for okay good to know yeah so as a as a half sasquatch or Mm -hmm. half squatch uh anybody else out there in the same situation it's pretty common yeah yeah so somebody shaves and they come in then you have to wait for it to grow back well not no but if it's freshly shaven sometimes gotta wait a couple days yeah sometimes their skin is weird you know bumpy or rashy or yeah this is I mean, I, I've shaved a lot of people, Nick. Like, <laughs> I've, I've got my technique. Well, I think I have the um, outtake that I'm going to use to promote the show. <laughs> I've shaved a lot of people, Nick. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to take a break. Uh, second hour coming up. We've got bad business ideas. I cannot wait to get just, your take We just on had these. one, didn't we? We just had something. <laughs> we're there partners. A, we had a moment. <laughs> Yeah, right next to the tattoo shop is the uh, the shave yeah. shop. Yep. I like it. I like that a lot. Uh, we're going to have a pop quiz. We're going to talk about music. We haven't even cool. talked about music yet. And I know you're a musician yourself. You're a big music fan. I'm seeing yes. some tattoos on you that are music related yes. in some way, shape, or form. So we'll be coming right back. Please stay tuned. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My very special guest, Scott White from Rise Above Tattoos. Hello, Nick here. If you're like me, you get mad at people. And if you're also like me, you're getting older and forgetting the people you have beef with. Until now. Our new sponsor, I'm a big fan, Track and Ruin, takes the work out of managing your anger. Who are we tracking here? Who are we talking about? How about the person who didn't tell you about the spinach in your teeth or that your collar was popped? They took your parking space. They never acknowledged a gift. Whatever the wrong is, whether it's real or imaginary, you put it into your phone through our app. But Nick, you say, what makes this more special than a regular list? I'm glad you asked. What Track and Ruin does is cross-reference the wrongdoer wherever they exist on your phone, across every possible medium. That person posts something funny on Facebook and you click like, our app won't let you. It'll set up a warning so that you can't like any of their posts for, say, three days to three years. Another person on your list calls and asks you for a favor. The app prevents you from calling them back until a certain amount of time has elapsed. Yes, it's passive-aggressive and petty, but so was she when she gave you that backhanded compliment about your shoes. 
Track and Ruin, your retribution is our business. Against all logic on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was such a bad way. Good morning. My name is Nick. That's an appropriate song for our next segment. Uh, You're listening to a certain degree. I do this every week, and every week around the 8 o'clock hour, I do a segment called uh, Bad Business Ideas. So Scott White, my very special guest, I'm so sorry. In advance, you're going to have to sit through this and listen to all these terrible ideas. I am kind of excited about them. (laughs) So first we play the song, and then we talk about them. Bad business ideas. It's time to be just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas. Opening for Black Friday on Thanksgiving at 7 a.m.? Yeah, that was us. So, Scott, before we get to your business ideas, and what you're mm-hmm. going to do is really have to help me develop these and choose one that you're going to fund, okay. you're going to manage, you're going to split all the profits with me and accept all of the liability because it may not be 100% Sounds fair. Uh, legal. Well, I came up with the idea, yeah. and I had the radio show. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it's, <laughs> it's 50-50. Uh, but listen, a lot of effort goes into this segment. It may not seem like it, but a lot of effort. I do a lot of research, relatively speaking. Uh, I really put myself in the shoes of the prospective customer, as you will see, like I am the customer in many of these cases. And most of the time, 90% of it is the name of the thing. So for example, uh, drone delivery for emotional support puppies is called The Beagle Has Landed. Oh. So that was a good one. That is a good one. Uh, fire pit rental. It's never really cold here, so why would you have your own fire pit? Sure. We'll deliver one in 30 minutes or less with amplifier. And then time bomb, which are clothes where your medication is built in and you're just soaking you it into them into Yeah. 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 So, Scott, may I call you Scott? Sure. Great. When I say public transportation, what's the last thing you think of? The last thing I think of? Yeah. I never never use public transportation. It's not even on my mind. Right? Yeah. Well, let me answer it for you. Trees. What are we underutilizing as far as, you know, public transportation goes? Zip lines. Zip lines or just vines, like a Spider-Man type of situation. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to start a company called Carried Away. And we're going to actually create public transportation. I'm not sure how we're going to charge people to do it. But we're going to reforest the cities. So we're talking And we're going like, to allow them to Tarzan from place to place in, in order to get there In roughly fast. 60 to 80 years, this will start. In, well, we start now. It's the long game. Okay. <laughs> I on the prize. That's a good point because it does take, I didn't take into account how long it takes trees to grow. So maybe we could genetically modify some trees? We would have to. I don't think to most. To grow faster? I don't think most of the trees we have. And we do get those crazy prehistoric-looking viney things. That, yeah, they don't really swing, though. They no, just wrap they, themselves around yeah. the trees. Mm-mm. Okay, so we're going to go into some gene yeah, we'll splicing up, with this one. Yeah, well, yeah. Any um, geneticist out there? I know it's a big audience for this show. If you want to just let us know how this would work. I mean, we could also plant trees that you know bear fruit. So 
multi multi purpose. Oh, okay, transportation. Gotcha. So you can get a snack on the way. Exactly. A while you're waiting snack. while you're waiting for your vine <laughs> to grow. To, yeah. <laughs> or to get back to, <laughs> to you. Swing back. Yeah. I like that. Just the idea of Swinging from vine. It could to be vine. like the Ewok, a little Ewok city. Oh, for sure. I like it. Okay, so that's idea number one. Mostly because I, I, I look like a little Ewok. You, uh, maybe it's slightly larger I've Ewok. Heard, I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> it's not news to um, me. I'm a half Sasquatch, so mm. I'm good with that. All right. Uh, so I was talking to a friend of mine who which is half, an artist. Which Pardon? Which half? Which which half? Of the Sasquatch. Oh, the outer half. Okay. Yeah. Sure. The inner half is still relatively human. Okay. Yeah. With a little coal heart. <laughs> Very small <laughs> coal heart. Uh, and he was looking at some uh, mural uh, uh, applications and uh, opportunities that were coming up, but he's never done a mural before. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, how do you go? How do you practice a mural? Right? Like you need wall space. You can't just right. do it in your house. Yeah, vandalism. Partner. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we can vandalize on somebody else's behalf, or maybe even rent space. So I was thinking in, um, for example, you have these apartment buildings with the unfinished stairwells, just cinder block walls. What if we could rent space from them and allow people to come in and practice their mural skills? That's actually a really great idea. Right? So it's called Graffinity. And the idea is that we would also find places that may not be that uh, locked up or um, have good security or any kind of cameras. And we would allow people to come in and uh, and find that space for them so they could practice their mural skills. Yeah, it kind of takes the fun out of the graffiti aspect of it. But if we're talking muralists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fine line. I think parking garages could really make some bank on this, right? That's another one. Yeah, absolutely. So we're charging, we're the middleman. We find all the space. Mm-hmm. The scout. Yeah. You're finding the, the location and the talent. Yeah. And you're bringing those things together. As we do sometimes. Yeah. What do you think about that one? Do you I, think there's a market for that? I Honestly, I think there could be a market for that. Have you ever wanted to do murals? Yes. Yeah. I've never really done, right now murals are super hot. Everybody's a mur- muralist at the moment. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it's pretty saturated. But... Yeah, I, but as a challenge for yourself, yeah, forget yeah, the absolutely. idea of like I, I, everybody's doing it. Large scale stuff is kind of becoming what I like to do. Yeah, so I would love to do some murals. I've been asked to do a few in the past, and I declined because I wasn't exactly uh, well. I w- didn't have time to do them, but I also wasn't exactly sure how to go about doing them. Uh, but I think it's something I would take on at this point. Yeah, because it's part. I mean, it's not just painting; it's almost part construction project. Yeah. And, and I think any public art is important, yep. you know, stuff that anyone can go see. Because every, I mean, I, I everybody likes to look at art, I think, to maybe not um, buy art, but <laughs> I think most people like to see it at, I like to see at it. very least. I would yeah. like to buy it, but yeah. in many cases, uh, I'm just, I'm in not. the... I'll look at it, affordability I aspect. Got, I got yelled at multiple times this week about selling my art for too cheap. It was very reasonable. Well, I, I know who's buying my art right now. Yeah. And uh, that is important to me. I, yeah, I would exactly. love to sell a piece of art for $30,000 or sure. whatever. But the people that are buying my art you're, uh, you're more are, are more like myself to where yeah. I would... I would love to be able to afford more art. 
you know, art shouldn't be for rich people. So, so accessibility is important to you. Yeah. People yeah. that get up, why can't people that get up and go to work buy a piece of art every now and again? A piece of original art. Yeah. Not, you know, not just the, not the print. Yeah. Or reproduction or something. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. Okay. So that's another bad business idea is how to make it more affordable. All right. Last idea. So we've hit graffiti. We've hit carried away. Mm-hmm. Did you ever carpool when you were a kid? Yes. What was that like? Uncomfortable. Yeah. So I was carpooling three kids for a while. Uh, now all the kids are going to different schools, so it doesn't really make much sense. And all the schools start at different times. And thank you, Orange County, for starting my kids two hours apart and then picking them up two hours Time apart. Hurts. Ugh, it's the worst. That sounds like a bad business idea in itself. What's that? Apparently what they're doing. Oh, yeah. No, terrible. Uh, But the idea was that, you know, when these three kids were in the car, it was super quiet. Like I always had to come up with material and inevitably I would just go back to, you know, the old standard flatulence jokes. Of course. But what if we could come up? You seem you're a dad. Yes. You seem like you probably have some dad jokes in you. Yeah, Yeah, a couple dad jokes. So what if we came up with for somebody who's carpooling, whether it's a mom or a dad, like material for them for the carpool every day. Like a handbook, a yeah. book. Like a, yeah, or something they just look at on their phone, like an, yeah, a, a daily companion email. App a daily the, email. Here's five jokes and three topics mm-hmm. that you guys can talk about. Me, yeah, you can just directly to you. Yep. A couple it's times a day. Car rule. <clears throat> and so the idea is that, you know, instead of driving around in silence or everybody's on their devices, uh, that you actually have some conversations, but you don't have to think of those conversations. Like you barely have room for the stuff that you need to do during the course of the day, much less inspiration for art and trying to figure out what to eat for lunch and the hard stuff are my shoes matching difficult, right? Decisions. So let us take that part out of your day and just give you the stuff that you can talk about. The good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that one? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Would you use that? Is that something do you carpool now with any kids? No, we we live right behind a school, so we just walk there. Um, but that doesn't stop me from telling bad jokes on the way. Right. You know, once I get there, I'll I'll tell some bad jokes. But I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't see why it wouldn't work. People subscribe to things all the numerous time. terrible yeah. things in their lives. <laughs> I, yeah, why wouldn't numerous you awful awful? Yeah, things. And I think as you get older, like that would be more enjoyable for yourself. Like right. I could get that, that joke for me. I don't exactly. even have to reuse it. I could just, you know, a couple chuckles and I'm sure it goes a long way. It is. A, yeah. It has a lot of legs is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So out of the three carried away, which is an investment now and will take 60 yeah. to 80 years. Uh, Sleep, we have the sleeping dragon. Yes. Graffinity, which is helping artists. <clears throat> which we all love to do. We're finding canvas for artists. Yeah. And uh, then car rule where we help uh, parents out with some stuff to talk about during the carpool. I think in reality, I would have to go with graffiti. Okay. Because I think that that could actually work for, for something, but I think <laughs> carried away. I think mm-hmm. carried away is I mean, you're basically reinventing public transportation here. It's, uh, I, we're going back to te- teaching to its roots, teaching life skills. Did you like that? We're going uh, back, going to, back its to its roots. Yeah, 
um, yeah, I th- I, that's that's incredible. Yeah, sustainable. So, yeah, sustainable public transportation, food, oxygen, transportation. Oh, I didn't even think oxygen. Yeah. I for- completely forgot. That's where my oxygen allergies comes from. might go away. They may get worse. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, let's go with carried away. Okay. I've always wanted to swing from a tree. Who hasn't? Yeah. Who looks at their life and goes, no, that's something I wouldn't do. <laughs> Most definitely. Everyone wants to do that. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Okay. So carried away. I'll put you down for that one. Let's listen to a song while we work out the details. I got some stuff for you to sign. Uh, this seems like a, an appropriate song. This is Louis Cole featuring Dennis Ham with trying not to die. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's and if you're swinging good. from vine to vine, yeah, yeah, let's look into this. <laughs> let's see what happens. Here. Yeah, there might be some safety issues. We may not want to do this. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. Eating, walking, weather, the restroom. What do all of these things have in common? Right, they can all mess up your clothes, and your clothes are literally the most important things you wear on a day-to-day basis. As much as we'd like, we can't replace eating, walking, weather, and the restroom with something less dangerous to our appearance. Guess what? We have a solution to this terrible problem. Turnabout is the first company on the planet that manufactures clothes as stylish as they are reversible. You will literally be wearing your clothes inside out, ready to do the old switcheroo in case something untoward happens. Turnabout clothes look exactly the same in either configuration, and they are manufactured with a space-age polymer that prevents liquids or puddings from soaking through. Get sized at toacertaindegree.com. And good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK 91.5. We're back on the air in case you hadn't noticed. We're so glad to be here. We're off the air for like 11 months. And my name is Nick. Every week I do a special show. Uh, not a special show, but every, do, every week I do a show with a special guest. And this week's guest, Scott White. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. Rise Above Tattoos. Uh, so people can follow Rise Above on Facebook and Instagram. Rise Above FL yep. on Instagram, riseabovetattoo.com. That's about, that's about mostly what we focus on. And for Scott White, if we wanted to follow you. Uh, Scott White Art and Large Teeth on Instagram. On the Instagrams. On the Instagrams. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. always plural when you have more than yes, one definitely. account. So if you missed any of the show today, uh, Scott's been talking about uh, tattoo work, traditional art. Uh, We talked about inspiration. We had some bad business ideas. We got to know Scott a little bit better. Um, And then also some advice for uh, somebody going in and maybe looking for a tattoo and how to, you know, interact with the artist and try to figure out what the right fit is uh, for them. Accurate? Yeah. All of this is an accurate yeah, this statement. Is, so far, this has happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's going to happen now? Something good. Something great. A pop quiz. Pop quiz. Yeah. So I do this every week. Basically, what happens is every Monday is when I do my show. And every Monday is the anniversary of something. Often, many different things. Mm. And so today was an anniversary. I was I kind of had poetry on the mind. Because I was at an event a couple of weeks ago called Pachacacha, and it opened with a poem and it ended with a poem. And, you know, sometimes you, you don't remember if you don't see poetry, especially being read all the time or being performed, um, you kind of forget how powerful it can be. Sure. So the first one was read by Susan Lilly, who I don't know if you know her, but she was named the Poet Laureate for Orlando last year. Yes, I know the name. 
Yeah, so she read her piece, Fall, which you, if you haven't read, it's out there. It's it's beautiful. It's about Orlando, and it just hits. Like, there, it's, it's this. If you've lived here for a while, you understand everything there is to know about Orlando from that poem. Sometimes poetry, if it, maybe in song form or maybe just read out loud like that, can speak to us in a way that prose can't. What I was doing is when researching this, I came across the name um, Emma Lazarus. And so she passed away today in 1887. Mm. She had a very interesting life, but in general, we're going to know her, you're going to know her from uh, a piece called The New Colossus. And so I asked Susan Lilly, because I had just met her a couple weeks ago, I said, Susan, will you help me out with this? Um, You're a poet. You've got to be the right person for this job to talk about this poem that Emma Lazarus wrote. Will you give us a hand? And so she did. And so she's here live via recording because that's how most things are done these days. Uh, So Susan Lilly is going to be asking the questions. We're going to be answering the questions. Mostly you, because I already, I wrote this, so I know Uh, what the answers are. I'll do my best. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Susan, take it away. Hi there, everybody out in radio land. Emma Lazarus started writing poetry at the age of 11 and had many pieces, both poetry and prose, published over the course of her short life. Her inspiration came from the events of the day, such as the American Civil War, as well as her Jewish ancestry. You probably know her poem, The New Colossus, from these lines. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Here's your first question. Have you been to the Statue of Liberty, and what was that experience like for you? So what do you think? Have you been there? I was just there recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's actually how I recognized the name. Yo, okay. So um, you saw the plaque. Up. Yeah. Yeah. We went up to New York in June. This is you and your family? My family. And yeah. then I went back up in August. Um, but June, we actually did the Statue of Liberty and Emma Island tour. Or oh, Ellis Island nice. tour. Yeah. Um, my daughter really wanted to do the Statue of Liberty tour. So we... we um, Got a tour guide who oddly was from Orlando. Uh, yeah. And um, we kind of, we, she asked, you know, do you want to do the standard tour? Do you want to do my tour? We said we would do your tour. So she had separate binders, you know, and uh, we did the whole thing. We got there at, I want to say quarter after nine in the morning and there was 19 people on the island. We had the whole island to ourselves. Oh, that's amazing. Um, it was, yeah. Because it gets packed. Yeah, and I, I hadn't been there since I was a kid. Like, oh, so you had done it when you were a kid? Yes. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't been, I've been to New York City many times, but I never did touristy stuff. And right. uh, my daughter's really into history, so... I was going to ask, where did that inspiration yeah, for her come she's from? She's really uh, into American history at the moment. So we did that, and it was incredible. It was so worth it. Um, so what was something you saw on this tour that you would really stuck with you? Hmm, I, I think a lot of the info that we were getting, um, the Ellis Island info, Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most fascinating things to me was uh, when the, you would get there and you would get a physical, you know, they would check you to make sure you didn't have any, you know, sores, wounds, anything that you'd Sure. Do. And um, 
they had these little hooks that they would check your eyelids with because, you know, back then it was very common. There was a disease that was would make your eyelids grow inward. So in old movies, you see all the blind orphan kids like lingering in the streets of New York yeah. City. That's what it was. Oh, and they wow. later found that the reason that it was spreading so fast, they, the the name kind of slips my mind at the moment, but um, was because they weren't cleaning the tools. The so yeah. they would run this hook under every person's eyelid to check to see if they had any signs of this. And then if they didn't, they would go on to the next person. If they did, they would go on to the next person. <laughs> Um, and that that was really strange to me. That was really kind of fascinating. Um, so I think I, the whole experience was great. Yeah, like it it was, you know, being in the Statue of Liberty. You can't go up as high anymore. You know, they, for obvious reasons. Um, this was actually the day after that lady just scaled the statue in protest. Did you see? Oh this yeah, in June? yeah, yeah. So we were there like the day after that happened, and. Um, so you threw down all your your climbing stuff, and you're like, "Well, somebody already did well, it." I don't really use climbing stuff. You oh, okay. Know, I just, yeah. like, I just you just freestyle, yeah, organically. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even notice <laughs> how long my fingernails are. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was really interesting. Uh, just being at Ellis Island and being at the statue and kind of going through what you know, we did a foot tour of what. People would do people when would they actually got, go yeah through. when they got yeah. off the boats and where they had to stand and it was interesting. That's yeah. really neat. Well, let's see if uh, if Susan had a similar experience or if she climbed mm-hmm. the statue. Now, I have not actually been to the Statue of Liberty, but I have boated around the Statue of Liberty many times and admired Lady Liberty from afar. And I have to say, I thought of Emma Lazarus's lines every time. It's moving, I guess, to be close up, but definitely out in the harbor looking at her. That was actually my experience. So I went up with family. I think it was actually 2001, I think July or August of 2001. So it was right before uh, Mm 9-11. And we just, we saw the line of people coming off trying to get back on the boat. And so we just went on the ferry around it and just stayed on. And it was pretty amazing to see Manhattan in the background. Yeah, I... When I went back in August, I actually, there's a band called The Helicopters that I love, and um, they never play. They played two shows in the U.S., and one of them was on a riverboat that circled the Statue of Liberty while they played in this riverboat, and uh, it was awesome. You know, <laughs> it's it was, great. Yeah, I got to listen to a band I love while standing there and just staring at the Statue of Liberty and being out in the harbor. It was pretty intense. Okay. It was at night. It was really beautiful. I like that as a bad business idea too, where we could have uh, maybe in Lake Eola, or just have the concert on a boat that's just going around. Yeah, or we could just pull like a little floaty device from behind one of the Swan boats, and the band's boats. playing on yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, I'm in for that. All right, let's get back to Susan with the next question. You're good. You're good. You're one for one so far. Cool. Because you have you answered it. I got this. Yeah. The poem is an integral part of the statue's story, but that wasn't the intention. Originally, Lazarus wrote it for an arts and literary auction to help raise money for Lady Liberty. What exactly were they raising money for? A, the pedestal she stands on. B, extra statue polish. Or C, David Copperfield insurance. 
<laughs> so what were they raising money for? The the pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just learned yeah. this when I was there during the tour. <laughs> well, see, I, I had no idea. So this is the date that uh, Emma Lazarus passed away. So that's the only reason. I had no idea that you were just up there. Yeah. But yeah, so you're you're I'm, an expert uh, on this. I'm, I'm everywhere. Yeah. You you're everywhere I want to be. Yeah. You're, you're Amex. Uh, did you watch uh, the David Copperfield thing when it was happening? <laughs> yeah, I did. Wasn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I still kind of want to go back and see that again. But yeah, so it was, uh, was oh, let, let, let's let Susan answer. Oh, she has, she knows the answer. The Bartholdi Pedestal Fund conducted this auction and other fundraising events so the statue could have a proper foundation. The New Colossus was written for the auction only, and it wasn't read at the opening of the statue in 1886. It was a friend of Lazarus named Georgina Schuyler who ensured the plaque with the poem was installed on the pedestal in 1903. Yes, almost 20 years after it was, uh, the statue was uh, finished was the, when the poem was actually put up on there. So pretty interesting. So you're two for two. Interesting. You got yeah, it. Robot Susan has all the goods. See, she's, she's really good at this. Yeah. Yeah. So she should be a professional. Susan, if you're listening, I'm hoping you are. Audio, because Audiobooks. Yeah, audiobooks. And uh, we'll talk about her book coming out here in a second, too. Okay, you ready for your third question? Mm-hmm. We're all familiar with the huddled masses part of the poem. There's so much more to it. It opens with these lines. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name, Mother of Exiles. Here, Lazarus is comparing Lady Liberty to the ancient Greek Colossus of Rhodes. This brings up the obvious question, in a fight, who would win? The Statue of Liberty or the Colossus? Who you got? Good question. Right? Good it really question. is the most obvious question. Good question. Hmm. I, I'm I'm torn on this mm-hmm. because being Greek, you know, what I've been taught since I was a kid by all my family is that Greeks are the best. <laughs> Greeks came up with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone should be thanking us constantly for stuff like math and democracy philosophy, all of those things. I think the real question here, Nick, is would they actually fight? Uh, okay. All right. Where, do you, where are you going with this? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Carpe diem, man. <laughs> you think they'd hang out? You think they'd like, it would be like a Batman versus Superman type of fight where they think they're enemies, but they're really pals? Yeah. I think the, pr- the principles of why they would be fighting yeah. would have to be discussed. Okay. I'm not sure. I, I'd like to think that that would be the last option. Yeah. Sit down. Let's try to find a compromise yeah. between yeah. America and I, Greece. Yeah. I, I like to think that uh, Lady Liberty, you know, she'll, she'll stand her ground. Yeah. But I don't think that, you know, maybe she doesn't want to engage so quickly. She you wants know. to come up with let's a peaceful look at, resolution. Yeah, let's look at our options. You know, maybe sit well, down with a pumpkin spice latte. Knowing Greeks like I do, I'm sure the Colossus from Rhodes would be very open to compromise. Okay. And not bullheaded and stubborn in some way. Yeah, let's peacefully resolve this. 
That was me being sarcastic about okay. Greek people, by the way. <laughs> I'm not Greek. I can't say that. <laughs> so let's see what, uh, what Susan had to say. I say the Statue of Liberty would totally win. She's angry. She's upset about what's going on these days. Her welcoming stance could easily turn to anger. Just my opinion, but that's who I think would win. Yeah, she could win. She but could to win. your point, there might be some compromise and there might be a sit down. She could win. A little pumpkin spice latte and, yeah. a, and a, you know, a gyro maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because those two things go together. Yeah. I, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, because Susan's such a good performer and she's not a performer, but she's so good at presenting poetry. She's so good at reading poetry. I did want her to read the whole thing. So we're going to have the, and you just read it recently, but. Yeah, Man, it gets me it every time. Emma Lazarus wrote about the Statue of Liberty serving as a beacon for immigrants arriving in America three years before the statue was erected. And here's the full piece. The new Colossus. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our sea-washed sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Wow, this poem hits me every time, right in the heart. And it's amazing to learn the history about Emma Lazarus, whose life was cut short, but her words, so powerful. And the fact that she wrote this before the statue was even built, just sensing the amazing imagery and the meaning and symbolism of that welcoming lady with the torch. Beautiful. I mean, just goosebumps. And especially now that I know, like, I, I kind of always took it for granted, like the, the teeming masses and the give me your tired, your poor it never occurred to me that there was so much more to it and there was yeah. so much meaning and symbolism. Yeah, we hear it. that we hear that one part yeah. over the course of our lives and now we hear it more often because of you know the political everything that's climate. going on. Yeah. yeah. So it Yeah, it's intense. You did very well on that thing. Yeah. So let's uh let Susan get out of here and go back to writing poetry. Well, thanks Nick so much for having me. I've always wanted to be on the radio. And you've made my wish come true. So that was Susan Lilly, everyone. I hope we all learned something today. I know I did. As I mentioned, Susan is the Poet Laureate of Orlando, and I thank her very much for uh, participating today. I hope to have her on as a guest sometime as well. Uh, but she's really busy. So she's an educator here locally, uh, both at the high school and the college level. And uh, she has a book of poetry coming out in April from our friends at Borough Press. And you can become a subscriber and get the book along with three other amazing titles uh, if you so choose. So you get that book, you get all four of the books coming out from 
uh, Florida's and one of the only presses in Florida, but the only literary press in Florida for sure. So thank you, Scott, too, for taking the quiz. Hey, yeah. That and was, going to, I, I really appreciate you going back in time and going to the Statue of Liberty <clears throat> just so you be prepared for this. Yeah. I, you know, I, like I said, I'm everywhere. Yeah. I got <laughs> eyes and ears <laughs> all over this city. I like it. Well, you're listening to a certain degree. Let's play a song. We are going to hear from, uh, how about a little Tom York? You like Radiohead? Yeah, Radiohead's a band. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Tom York with Unmade. This is actually from the um, uh, soundtrack of Suspiria, the movie that just came out, that really spooky movie. Yeah, I still haven't watched it, I'm afraid, because I'm a huge fan of the original, so I, oh, I've heard yeah. good things about the remake. Yeah, oh, I'm curious then. I've, I've heard a few bad you see things, it, but, Yeah, what um, you think? But yeah, yeah so I'm, Tom York did all the music right, for it, right. so this will get you going yeah. on a Monday morning. This episode is brought to you by Woke Signals. Have a habit of putting your foot in your mouth? Get rid of that toe flavor with Woke Signals. It's a simple but incredibly expensive concept. You don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want that either. So we monitor all your conversations, both in person and through all forms of electronic interfaces. If you start straying into territory that may insult or upset someone, we alert you. A simple red, yellow, and green lighting system lets you know what path you're on. That way, your saying power has staying power. Woke signals. We're always watching and helping. Order now at toacertaindegree.com. Well, that's a spooky way to start a Monday on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a Certain Degree. My name is Nick. It is unfortunately very close to the end of the episode. Scott White from Rise Above Tattoos has been my very special guest. Scott, how's it going? Spooky. I'm feeling yeah. spooky now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that very, uh, very pregnant pause right there. Yeah. Before we go, there's a couple things we have to do. I have to ask you um, about music. Okay. And I've been curious about this. Like, what is your, you're a musician yourself. Do, do we have enough time for this? <laughs> okay. Just really quick. One aspect of music. Okay. Uh, so you're a musician, you're an artist. I'd like to um, think so. You're all of those things. How do you interact with music while you're in your creative state, whether it's doing tattoos or painting? Are you are you blasting stuff in the background? Do you need, do no. you need silence? No, I listen to music like 24-7. Yeah. Um, but as far as like work music, I don't like having, well, like with the tattoo studio, we, we try to keep it like, you know, comfortable for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you want to listen to, or I want to listen to things that are... So just easy listening, 70s. Yeah, we listen to a I'm lot kidding. of like uh, classic hip-hop, yep. like 80s, uh, new wave, uh, just stuff like that. Like, um, Something you're familiar with, but it's not going to bring you out of a moment. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, we have to we have to make people comfortable and be comfortable, so I don't listen to the... I've I've never enjoyed listening to like heavy music mm-hmm. while I'm tattooing uh, because it makes me feel anxious. You know, it makes me want to flip the table over. And <laughs> that's that's bad. That <laughs> would be bad in that situation. If someone's on the table, that's yeah. terrible for business. Um, but when I'm painting, yeah, I listen to a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, so do you ever find you want to get in that mindset and you are listening to, you want to, 
paint something and the theme is kind of angry on some level. Hmm. I don't think I ever use it to like propel what I'm doing it. Um, I think it goes the opposite way. Mm -hmm. I think whatever I'm doing, I find music to match that. Just, I, I can't guarantee that we, you know, Nancy Reagan would disagree with that as well. Okay. Um, you know, cause heavy metal makes people violent. Apparently gangster rap. Sometimes I listen to gangster rap also as well. Yeah. yeah. If I, if I want to relax, I listen to relaxing music. Yeah. yeah I keep it simple. Okay. I do listen to a lot of classic rock though. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Very nice. Nothing guilty about that. No, not for me. All right. Well, I have to let you go back into the wild, but before we go, uh, a few plugs, uh, riseabovetattoo.com. Riseabovetattoo.com. That's your website. You can find Rise Above on Facebook. And then as far as Instagram goes, there's a couple of things. Rise Above FL. Rise Above FL. But you find like as a, as a tattoo shop and as a tattoo artist yourself, Instagram is the preferred Instagram is the venue. way to go. Yeah. yeah. It's replaced portfolios. We can finish something and immediately put it out in the world and whoever follows us sees it. Yeah. You know, whereas and then before, as far as the artists themselves go, you can go research artists. Yeah. And just yeah. And it's perfect for what we do. I yeah. was actually against it until a few years ago. And my business partner was like, what are you doing? You have to do this. This is, and he's right. You were still on Twitter just doing, just describing I was never all your on tattoos. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> just did a bird, <laughs> put a bird on it. No, I've never Twittered. So Scott White Art is your Instagram? Scott White Art and Large Teeth. So Large Teeth is uh, primarily your paintings. Correct, yeah. It started out as we were going to kind of use it as a hub for collaborative work um, between a few of us, Mm -hmm. and it just never, everybody kind of just kind of bailed, you know, for one reason or another. So it just ended up being a second Instagram of just my stuff, which wasn't the intention, but it's fine. You know, it makes it a little easier to, if people want to see my tattoos, they can go to one. If they want to see the other side, they can go to the other. Makes sense. Yeah. Because people can't deal with too many things. You don't want to give them too much stuff. At the same time. Very, very confusing. I am. I'm with you. Uh, So next week on the show, Jeremy Sagers is back. It's Cyber Monday. So obviously the middle of the holidays, we're going to talk about how awesome families are. And uh, how we are going to assign New Year's resolutions, maybe to them, mm. maybe to people around Orlando. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting. And then Bethany Williams from CoffeeFuel.net will be on the show on December third. Also, a lot of tattoos. She has a lot of tattoos. Yeah, well, I don't think most people these days I, have tattoos, right? It's, it's weird. It's not, though. It's become sort of, it obviously became stylish for a while, so it's a fashionable thing. But I think at some point, too, it became much more okay for you to go and work with somebody or you to go for an interview. And uh, Yeah, it's not as frowned upon. Yeah, maybe you have a sleeve or maybe you have a half sleeve. and It's also far less scary to go in a tattoo shop now. Right. It's not just like myth bikers. Now there's normal people do tattoos. Normal people, kills, but still some ki- bikers. Kills a little bit of what I love about tattooing. <laughs> <laughs> Not the meth, but the, uh, <laughs> yeah. The rebellion part. Yeah, of it. yeah. All right. Well, let's play one last song and we'll get out of here. This is Fishman's 
with Paca Paca on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to A Certain Degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe to shows. Tell me I'm a pretty pony. Also check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Hey, get a tattoo. I'm not saying get a tattoo of the show logo or my face. If that's what your first impulse is, maybe take a closer look at your life choices, the ones that have led you to this particular moment in your life. But talk to Scott about a tattoo and tell him Nick sent you.